Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, 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 Woke Bros. We're here, we're back. I'm Michael Brooks, along with Wazni Lambre, Big Waz, Nando Vila. We're here, of course, super extra producer, the mastermind Rob Lopez, steering the ship, the silence behind the throne. I think that's how we're, whatever, there's something behind the throne. There's always a Dominican behind the throne. There's always. Rob's, Rob's Puerto Rican, so oh, whatever. he's Same even shit. more devious. Don't cancel me. Don't cancel me. That was so annoying. You are the same. <laughs> I mean, you're all just Caribbean. You, you don't know? know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... So we got a lot to get to, as always. Of course, if you're, for whatever reason, hearing this for the first time on iTunes, hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you're watching this 
And uh, we'll talk about all the other ways that you can follow up with uh, Count the Dings, TMBS, The Athletic. We'll do that later. But first, we're going to get started. All right, guys, obviously, there's uh, protests happening across the country. There is there is some uh, looting, uh, which is happening in a variety of different ways. There is mass, wild uh, police violence all over the place. The president kind of semi-tried to declare martial law, had to have a bunch of demonstrators gassed because people found out what a pussy he was being in a bunker. <laughs> and Tom Cotton, uh, who is an important figure in the Republican hard right, and the Senate has written a column just before we got uh, to air here in the New York Times, basically advocating that the Insurrection Act be uh, invoked, the military be deployed, and it is, I mean, it's it's just a perfect, like, he, he knows exactly the buttons to hit yep. and exactly how to make this argument. And, uh, and so that's why, obviously, it's so disturbing. We're going to get to a lot out of it, but just, you know, we've all just read it, first passes, guys, and, and just the idea that on the same day that the defense secretary actually pulled back a little bit and said, I don't think this actually needs to be invoked right now, that this senator has gotten uh, real estate in the New York Times to suggest this incredible escalation. You know, uh, and and I want to thank you, Michael, for being the Tom Cotton of the left. First of all, that's I just want to thank you for that. Um, no, I, I just I just think you know he's he's one to watch. Obviously, I think if you're if you if you're looking down the road after Trump, I think Tom Cotton is one of the main Republicans trying to position himself as the standard bearer and the torch grabber in the Republican Party, right? Um, he's already shorn up his neocon, um, hawkish bona fides by, you know, he's been this hawkish person pretty much since he got elected to be, the, to, to be a senator. So this whole, this whole, oh, send the troops in. <laughs> Literally, the, the headline of the article is send in the troops on American citizens who are just basically protesting. Um, that's right in line and on brand with him. And you've seen in the recent years, Mike and Nando, he's, he's throwing these little feelers. Remember, he was one of the first people to say, we need a stimulus for the people. He's trying to do this weird triangulation, which you always have to do when you're a Republican of the Pentagon, of the money class, and, you know, the, your most fervent supporters um, in the base, right? Who don't happen to be really rich, really whatever people, but you know, you know, you got to shore them up somehow. And he's he's trying to figure out a way not to do the sort of he's trying to do a respectable Donald Trump impression because Donald Trump is just the Republican Party and their base politics just in the White House. He's trying to do a more polished, a more respectable, a more you know elite friendly version of exactly what it is Donald Trump stands for. So the first thing he does is, and anybody who knows this, New York City on the right is a dog whistle. The word New York City, um, like whenever they're saying New York, it's a dog whistle to their supporters of like you know 
these feckless blue hippie idiots over there in that nasty cesspool of a city um, in New York, right? And so that's why immediately he's attacking New York as the quote-unquote worst of the riots. He's talking about the Democratic mayor, the Democratic governor. They're quote-unquote standing by and doing nothing. Like he shrewdly knows what he's doing. Right. And then, of course, he goes to the next thing, which is speak to sympathy for police officers. He knows he he can get an audience of sympathy for police officers. This person got shot at. This person got this. This person, one person might have got ran over and he continues and he goes on and he goes on. And of course, he lies and says that the cops are outnumbered by rioters. The cops are outnumbered by protesters. And again, I don't want to get into the the semantics of riot and post-testers and whatever, because that's not for this show to do. But like the idea that the like the number of people who are going out and trying to steal um, Nike Roches <laughs> from foot action outnumber the police in New York City is just patently ridiculous. And it's just a lie. It's just a lie. It's just a way to rile people up and to shore up his, his, you know, his credibility as one of the most hawkish people in American government. And that's all it is. Yeah, I agree that Tom Cotton is definitely one to watch out for. The only thing that I'm not that worried about him is that he's got kind of like that goofy guy face. Like he looks just like Kendall Roy in succession, you know, like and he's just got a kind of like a dumb guy face, which which makes me think that he can't be the president. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Scurvy. What is it called? What? Like what? Scurvy. Skeevy. He looks like he's got some type of like like vitamin C deficiency disease or something. Yeah. He looks yeah. just like Kendall Roy in succession to me. I mean, but uh, I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, he, and he, 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 but he's clever. Like he knows how to, he knows how to do all the arguments. Like he does, you know, he he frames the protests as some sort of like elite project, which is obviously ridiculous. But I mean, it, it appeals right, to some like- sort of populisty <laughs> sentiment. Um, you know, he thinks that he he's framing it as a, some sort of like radical chic elite sensibility or something like it's uh, their way of slumming it in 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 like yeah, from their couches like exactly. oh my god look at this isn't it so cool yeah exactly and then you know i mean i find it kind of shocking that the new york times feels the need to like publish this in the first place but you know just outright calling for military divisions like <laughs> on twitter he was like we can we have the 101st airborne division we have the 82nd airborne division we have the 110th <laughs> cavalry division or whatever and it's like what the fuck is wrong with you you know like he thinks that this is like he's like cosplaying as like general Patton, you know like moving like little pieces on the on the board on the map like oh there's rioters on 51st street we need to send in the 101st airborne here and we're gonna outflank them and do a pinzer movement with the 80 with the 110th <laughs> like he's just but it appeals to a certain kind of person, and uh, you know, it's 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 it goes back to this thing about rioters and law and order politics and all that shit. And this is why I feel frustrated when I see people like, well, obviously we got to condemn the rioters and it's whatever. Like I, I, I mean, you're you're what you're doing is you're flattening and you're equating the state-sponsored violence that is plain for us to see. Like, anyone who is just watching this unfold is seeing an absolutely heinous, over-the-top escalation by the part of law enforcement everywhere. And if you keep the focus on that, that's that's inconvenient. So we got to distract and focus on 
the rioters, which is just a, you know, it's like rioting is a thing that's happened all over, you know, throughout human history, forever, all over the place. It's a natural reaction to long-term oppression of people. Like, it's just going to happen eventually, you know what I mean? But, like, what, what we can focus on is the roots of that, and the, the most immediate of those roots is this insane violent reaction from law enforcement, people who should know better, people who should, in theory, be trained to deal with this kind of thing in an orderly fashion. Instead, we're seeing these, frankly, like, terrifying people going in, deliberately instigating violence, deliberately escalating the situation, using all kinds of heinous like, tear gas, rubber bullets, just it's it's plain for everyone to see and the sort of to, to change the focus onto the rioting is just flattening and uh, obfuscating that obvious fact and and another thing and i know mike is going to speak to this about this concept of quote-unquote revolution of tamping down some insurrection when the people who hoard all the actual guns in this country are republican and so the concept that republicans are going to throw overthrow their king and overlord and cult leader when they're the ones with the guns is ridiculous, right? Like, the people who have the guns are your base supporters. Like, the people who could actually inflict actual bad harm onto people are Republican supporters. And furthermore, when they do hit the streets... In intimidating fashion with actual rocket launchers and big ass machine guns and bazookas, the cops go, hey, can I just hold your hand and help you? Are you how long do you guys think you're going to be? Do you need extra time to stay? Okay, cool. No problem. All right. Just let me know when you're done. Okay. Okay. Take over this government building. It's yours. Don't worry. It's cool. No fucking engagement. I ain't hear shit about um, military coming in and all of this nonsense. It's so cynical and ridiculous. It's nakedly just a farce, bro. Like, I don't know who Tom Cotton thinks he's fooling here. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys just said completely. Um, I think that in addition, in addition to that, there's a really um, like if you want to start from some like principles that he evokes in the piece, and some like real broad ones that I can agree with, which is like, yeah, you should, you know what? No innocent person should be attacked anywhere. So like this grandfather that was killed in front of the pawn shop, that's fucking horrible. Now I'm not gonna allow, and I don't think any of us gonna allow, you know, Donald Trump to use that for his game of trying to terrorize his own citizens. And if we're taking as the principle that no, you know, innocent person should be physically assaulted, then over 98% of our attention has to be on the police, just even numerically. And of course, as Nando said, the most important thing is the actual power and political disparity. When police riot, that means something innately different. Also, as far as this riding narrative goes too. I mean, look, especially as like there's more shit that is like, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to like get a you know pair of sneakers or whatever, right? Like I, I think definitely in the beginning, some of that stuff like at Target was highly politicized, right? Now it's like, okay, sure. And there are so many reports in multiple cities and video 
of in the most extreme cases, cops actually doing this themselves. Yeah, you can see footage of them <laughs> breaking windows of, yep. of things like that, and you can also see many reports of and and exactly this is like the incredible dishonesty. Yes, you might be overwhelmed by people marching, engaging in civil disobedience. You're absolutely not overwhelmed <laughs> by people throwing a fucking rock at Nordstroms, and there are a lot of cases that have been emerging of. Essentially, like, all right, let's let a little bit of this happen. Let's have some vandalism. Let's have some looting. And then we're going to use that as the charge. As cover, yeah. To, to assault, beat the shit out of, mow down uh, protesters, period. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I think he, you know, he, it's very wise for him to, like, get into like the whole like quote he puts like the tom wolf radical chic essay i mean <laughs> everybody has a problem with like you know dumb rich kids who want to do like chic radicalism like yeah, yeah they're really fucking annoying yep and but it, what it reminds me of is is like in this really twisted way, like so much of our politics at the elite level, it's like, look, Tom Cotton is absolutely a sociopath and he absolutely wants to bring what he did in Iraq to uh, poor and communities of the yeah. United States without question. But he's also settling an argument with some kid he didn't like or wouldn't party with him at Harvard. Yep. And it is so pathetic the extent <laughs> to which really serious shit that implicates the entire country really does come down, especially in the context of capitalism and a completely failed discredited, discredited leadership class of just like dumb shit arguments like that. Cause I, I'm like, I, I'm sure Tom Cotton can probably think of people specifically that he knows. And there probably are peers of Tom Cotton who, you know, went to Harvard Law and work at Goldman Sachs now who are like, you know, we you know, we need we need a Haitian revolution. And it's, all, <laughs> it's all just embarrassing and ridiculous. Oh, well, yeah. that, that brings me up yeah. to like there's that um, with something like this, you know, you, you're seeing uh, I, I at least I've noticed a vast outpour of what I find to be genuine concern and a desire to do something. Um, I've gotten so many people ask me like, what, okay, what can I do? Like, what do I do? And there is obviously going to be some people posting cringe on the TL and like clout chasing by like, you know, being like, Oh, hashtag black lives matter. Did you, you, know, like, did whatever. you see the shit but, where the white people renounced their privilege? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, now I, it's I, getting to like Jim Jones. <laughs> well, that's what I, I'm getting, but that's what I'm getting to is like, you know, there was the whole, there was the whole confusion around whether you're supposed to post the black square yeah, and then whether you're not yeah. supposed to post the black <laughs> yeah. square. And then there's yeah. people like, you know, saying like, here's a list of black uh, support, uh, black owned businesses that you can support right now and all that stuff. And like, you know, I, I, as much as I'm like inclined to like make fun of that shit, I'm also seeing like I also want to be kind of sympathetic and open For to the sure. fact that people want to do something. People genuinely were horrified by what's going on. People genuinely were horrified by the George Floyd murder. People were genuinely horrified by the reaction of the police. And no one knows what to do about it because there is no 
there is no kind of set mechanism with which they can plug into and exercise their power. I mean, we've had that kind of beaten out of us. And then the only, so the only thing we have left is to do this kind of thing. So I want to, you know, like I, I want to try to be sympathetic to them um, because they, they do genuinely want to do something good and they don't know what to do. And I, I mean, there is nothing really in the immediate term um, that's going to like, you know, institute radical change immediately. But we do have to sort of try to figure out how we deal with that, gen how we harness that genuine energy that, cl that there clearly is to some sort of productive gain. And I don't have the answer, obviously, like it's not like something that I do, but um, it is something just worth thinking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I think like, obviously, the, you know, getting back to the stuff we talked about last week, like a whole, uh, you know, serious uh, policy set about how to change policing, how to radically cut funding for policing departments, all of this stuff, um, as well as, you know, obviously in our views, connecting it with capitalism and production and how we're actually, you know, the whole design of the economy, for sure. Um, and there's a ton of you know, embarrassing kind of like, you know, performative nonsense. And, and at the same time, like, you know, this is happening and it's real yeah. and it implicates, you know, just as we saw in this, I mean, <laughs> and there's so many like this, but we saw this murder, like George Floyd got murdered in this just, just, just could not be more brutal, grotesque way. And so like, this is what's happening. And so it's like that balance, I think. And actually, Matt Chrisman made a really good point on TMBS that we were talking about this and just like our experiences of like going to the protests in Brooklyn and all the rest. And and it was kind of like you can't like you need to take the action in order to have the ability to actually think through what the next best steps are. Right. Like you can't like this whole like it's not going to be fully formed as a plan before people get mad yeah. and hit the streets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and it's funny because then that kind of actually becomes like we don't want to fall into like Elizabeth Warren bullshit. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, I got plans. like, no, like, you know, and and also that not only is not going to be fully formed, but you're not going to have like um the capacity to think through what right. might be next move productive without actually being in action. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's really, really wise at this, at the same time. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into like more of the political ramifications, but honestly, like on a just really basic level, like I know we'll talk about Cornell West later too, but it's just like he just said like a week ago, he was like, Thank God people are outside. Like, thank yeah. God, like, thank God we're not so totally numb. Yep. You know. Yeah. And yeah, and that's that's uh, and that's always the, the the next step, though, right? Like the idea that somebody's just gonna come, because that's a liberal conceit that the right idea could just whip people into a frenzy. Like, people's minds just need to be stimulated by the most, like, well-thought-out plan and idea with, you know, a step a step A through Z just perfectly mapped out. And people are gonna, like, it's yeah. going to give people a jolt. It is just like, 
bro, yeah. stop. Okay, like we get, like we get it. We need to turn this into something, um, and that something needs to be figured mm-hmm. out and processed through this collective energy. And you know, you're gonna see people in the coming days because that's always. Always the next step is, all right, are you guys just going to stand outside and yell for the next 10 years? What do you guys want? What do you want? You're going to hear that very, 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 very soon down the pike. Well, there's also this, like, I mean, this is also like a very liberal thing in which there's like, you have to like jump through hoops and thread the needle to like perfectly protest in a certain way, you know, that like, and it's, and it's like, on the one hand, it's this thing, but on the other hand, it's that thing. Like you need to stay, you need to take a step back and listen and learn. And you also need to like step up and do this kind of thing. So it it like confuses people, you know, like I I think all that shit, we just got to get past, like we got to get past all that online bullshit and just see like what's in front of us. Like in front of us is that there's people on the streets and like they're being challenged in a violent way by the state apparatus. Like fuck all the other shit about like, you know, if you're not amplifying these voices or taking a backseat and listen to those voices. And then these voices are doing that. And it's like, people are just confused. And like, that's, that's part of the way these kind of things get exhausted and break down. And you that's the I mean? antithesis. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. And that's like that whole, and that is like the online, that's wokeness. That's yeah. like, it's, it's completely disconnected from the real world. It has nothing to do with, human complexity and the, and all the things that we criticize it on in terms of people's like moral growth and change and not being like a uptight, like, you know, control freak, but it also directly intervenes with the capacity to actually just take this kind of large scale action. You know, there was that clip. Um, and this woman actually, it was funny. She got shouted down by everybody, but this white woman out of nowhere, she just starts like basically like trying to segregate a certain protest. She's like, we're not going to go with them there. And then of course, of course she goes, this isn't our hood, you know? And she thinks she's being, (laughs) I think she's being like, and, 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 you know, I think one white person, a couple of black people are just like, no, like, don't like, you know, like, of course, like, just don't bring that shit. Like, and you know what's great, too, is that if you don't think of life as just being like a linear roadmap, of course, there's going to be other instances where, of course, gonna be like, you know, what, you should probably shut the fuck up because yeah. you, you shouldn't be like trying to dictate this march or whatever else. Like, it's all true simultaneously. But you, you can't. Yeah, you, you can't have that mindset of waiting for perfection for an action. And yeah. I think that's really clear, especially again now, because now it's like even if you even if you wanted to just be like, this isn't right, this isn't how we should do it. And there's too many stupid slogans and there's too much fantasy and, you know, and all this stuff, whatever. It's happened. It's out. The issues are really important in terms of violence, in terms of racism, in terms of killings and everything else. And guess what? The state apparatus is here now. So, like, what like what's the play now? Right. <laughs> like. It's out. A fucking senator is writing this shit in the New York mm-hmm. Times. The why, yeah, Trump isn't really like you know he's always got that how far it can go, and basically he <laughs> wants to like tweet while the states take care of it. But DC is under some form of martial law. Like it's you know. Yeah. So what's the response? Like the LAPD is just openly saying hundred dollars for a N word, fifty dollars for a Mexican. <laughs> you know, like on the police skater, like shoot to kill, hundred dollars for a you know like. What, okay, like, yeah, fuck with the liberal bullshit. Stop it. You know, like, just get out there and, you know, like, 
be normal. I don't know how to explain it. The only thing we have, the only strength we have is, is our numbers. Literally, they have literally everything else. But, you know, okay. they have all the power, they have the media, they have everything else. So, Mike, you mentioned the, the sort of political side of this. Tom Cotton, again, this guy's, for the viewers and listeners, this guy is trying to position himself to be the torchbearer. He's, that's yeah. what oh, yeah. he's, he's been the laying the groundwork for. I want to be the next leader of the Republican Party. Um, he's sort of put his stake in the ground. Um, Barack Obama, as we record this right now, is doing his sort of State of the Union address. Um, America's zaddy is 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 doing uh, that as, as uh, we well, speak. We're know. doing. Uh, we're going to do a medium podcast. Post. We're going to do There's a podcast. New, uh, exciting. Uh, what happened to Joe, Joe Biden's Biden. podcast? By the way, so we're going to do a <laughs> podcast. It's going to follow uh, two stories. So uh, uh, Jerome's brother was murdered by this police officer. This police officer is acquitted. I brought them together. They're going to do a narrative podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> and so Barry's taking his turn. Uh, the freaking Joe Biden still does his podcast, by the way. Oh, it, that's still happening. Hey, you're yep. a Patreon. <laughs> Wait, yeah, hold I'm on. This is behind a paywall. Oh, no. oh, I was about to say yeah. what? Joe Biden, Joe Biden Patreon. <laughs> oh my! We're gonna do the reading series, Jack. That's behind a paywall. <laughs> Listen, Jack, if you want you extra content, what I really thought on Thursdays when we really do the uncensored questions, but that's behind the paywall. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Ask me anything, Jack. You can ask yeah. me literally anything. My favorite text position behind the paywall. Yeah. <laughs> um. The Next freaking man wants to harass me about the crime bill. He should become a patron. <laughs> the the freaking um, the Democratic Party leadership, man. I don't know that the leadership of this freaking party has ever been in worse shape. It's no. literally hard it's to imagine a time with two worse leaders than. The fool that we have in the Senate, and Chuck Schumer's just done. He's lost the plot. Like, it's a he's he's damn near Biden level. No lie. Like, he is so. I was telling I was telling somebody yesterday that going from Harry Reid to Chuck Schumer would have been like the Patriots uh, replacing Tom Brady with Mark Sanchez. Like, yeah. what <laughs> is happening out here? Really and then you know, of course, this Pelosi who's like. Reading Bibles and she's she's just she's that's a mess. Politics. That's politics for the Democrats is like clapping back at Trump, you know, like she's doing a this stupid mess. Thing. And so we know that we're not going to get anything of any substance from from those people because the leadership is in disarray and there's no other way to put it. Uh, and and Trump, man, I, he's so he doesn't he doesn't really know what exactly to do. Like his 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 shtick doesn't really apply to this because it's like no, this is like a real this is like a real problem. This right. isn't like oh the Dems and their fake investigation of me and blah blah. blah. It's like nah, like this yeah. is kind of semi combat on the streets happening right now. I don't know how to deal with real life issues. I just know how to talk. So it's like politically, this is. It's well, weird what's a better metaphor? Right what's a better metaphor than like you know watching all this like out out of control police? Trump like obviously encouraging all of them, and then Joe Biden saying like, "Hey, why don't we just tell him to shoot him in the leg, Jack?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's, the, that's the political realm that we have. It's like just like it, you know troops on the street <laughs> or uh, shoot, him, shoot him, in him in the leg, leg Jack. Yeah, but I think that uh, but like yeah, but Trump. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, he also just he felt he felt emasculated because he was in the bunker. <laughs> And those calls to the governors where he's are talking insane. about dominating the state. Oh. They're they're absolutely insane. They are authoritarian. And no, they're also like, but they're weird too. Like they're it's just like, like a guy a calling into Mike and the mad dog. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah, Jets yeah. gotta get the defense. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, come on, I've been calling about it for years, Mike. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> he's the offensive line. Exactly. Football games are one in the trenches. I've always said that. Always said that. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck these skill position guys. <laughs> <laughs> we need fundamentals. Smash <laughs> yeah. football in the trenches. That wins I, football game. The last game. time these guys thought about fundamentals was sophomore year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Offense wins the girls, but defense wins championships. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But I think on the on the whole, though, this doesn't look good for the homie. Um, nah. Obviously, law and order stuff always favors the right. Like this kind of thing, usually, like that's the that's the conventional wisdom. But I don't know. I, you know, the, the economic collapse at the same time. I mean, I think this is yeah. like the thing that we're not really kind of talking about. And, and like, I think Mike, you know, like we look at history all the time, and you look at the conditions, and it's like all it needed was like one little spark for something like this to happen. I mean, forty million people unemployed, like maybe the greatest economic crisis in the history of capitalism. I and mean, we've been talking about it since the beginning of COVID, right? That's the X factor here that scrambles everything. It scrambles everything. There is no playbook to what the, what, what is happening right. And, and that's just the, and it just the, the relative um just it feels like and looks like the country is in disarray under your stewardship. That's just the exactly. optics look bad for you. And that's exactly. what he understands more intrinsically than everything else. He understands optics like, hey, the economy's going great. You know, my my economy is going great. He knows the things, whatever looks good, he can take ownership. And that, and that therefore, whatever looks bad, he knows he feels a need intrinsically to distance himself from it. Um, just instinctively, he's like, no, 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 no. This isn't me. This is bad, 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 bad. I can't, I can't have this on my hands. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. Just sort of a scramble on the part of or on the part of Trump's you know, administration such that there is even a, you know, some kind of fucking company operating over there. You imagine if we remade Air Force One with Trump and of course he gets off of the plane like he doesn't stay behind like Ford. But all he does the whole time (laughs) is he's just like, you have to tell them that I'm still on the plane and I'm killing killing the Chechens. Melania is giving me a blowjob and I'm rescuing everybody. That needs to be the story for the the press. Yep. I mean, look, I honestly I think that this all strongly favors Biden. Yeah, because I and and I think a very unique thing about America in some ways, I mean, obviously, America has immense like America, like there's this Republican base that exists. They want to be out there with baseball bats, semi autos like there is an incredible violence in this country and there's a real intensity to it. No question. But at the same time, to the extent like. I've spent a, a while now, you know, like de- trying to debunk the idea that that you know people like Joe Scarborough or Thomas Friedman put forward that like, oh, you know, most Americans like they, you know, they're like okay with gay people and they want to give rich people tax cuts. Like that's where most of them are at. And obviously that's that <laughs> that's is, not true. 
<laughs> Obviously, that's not true. That's complete bullshit. But the the thing that has been coming, like, it, it, not politically, but I, a lot of Americans still really do. They are they are like the hunt for normal. Yeah, like ever normal, and and that's why you see in these really contradictory polls, like. Well, maybe we want the military to come out, but at the same time, people should be protesting like right. that. And and it does not track with, you know, things like any of us in this conversation want. Like, no, we mm. actually need to solve real problems here. Sorry to say, but it also doesn't track with, you know, the Donald Trumps of the world. And even if you go and look back at like who he's modeling himself after to some extent, which is like Richard Nixon ran in 68, but he wasn't president yet. Exactly. So was, that was the point I was going to make. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, that's that's why also, that analogy falls apart in the first five seconds. Exactly. So dumb. He wasn't the president. He wasn't presiding over the chaos. And in addition to that, just real hmm. quick, Nixon actually was very good. And this is in 1968 about presenting his idea of a silent majority as actually multiracial. Like, Obviously, it was filled with dog whistles. Obviously, it was consolidating the South. But he always said, there's hardworking Mexican-Americans. There's hardworking black Americans. There's hardworking blah, blah, blah. And they want to go to work and they want to go to school. And the, and the thing of it is, that's so fucked up, is like, that's real. Like, that's true to the point of like, even in the most terrorized communities in America that we're seeing amplified right now, that if yeah. you just were like, hey, you know, if you could just like get some green grocers in here and stop having cops like fucking murder teenagers on the corner, uh, that would be cool. And maybe like we could, you know, watch NFL. That's and like everybody yeah. else I mean, that's, in this fucking country. So Biden is real poised is what I'll say. If we're yeah. talking on those terms, like I think Joe Biden's the next president of the United States. People, even people who like would normally vote Republican and all that stuff, like people know, I mean, everyone knows that Donald Trump, whether you like him or you hate him, is a destabilizing force, yep. right? Like no one sees him as like a steady hand or anything like that. They everyone don't feel knows. like they can forget about what's happening. They have exactly. to think about it. And and nobody wants to nobody wants to think about this shit. They don't. And they they like, want to go about their lives, watch football, barbecue, and not have to think about the inner workings, yeah. the machinations of the government. And you gotta think about what's going on right now. Like yeah. you just you just I mean, have to. I mean that's why. Like I mean again, I go, I go back to Russia. Like the the 1990s in Russia were like an incredibly chaotic time and. Putin, when he came in in 2000, basically stabilized shit. Like, I mean, he's awful and bad in every single way, but like he basically brought back a degree of normalcy to the average Russian person, which is why he's still relatively popular today, you know, because he ended the chaos. The cha People hate chaos. Everyone hates chaos. No one likes to be feel like they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Or you wake up one day and you don't know what the hell's going to happen that day. Most people crave some sense of order and normalcy. And that, that's why I think you're right that Biden, by basically staying on the sidelines and letting this all happen, not sort of, you know, it's probably a shrewd political maneuver not to be like out there, out front, you know, like standing with the protesters and being like, you know, I stand with these people against well, these violent did, police. Though. Did you see? I mean, he actually— Biden did go to a protest in, in Wilmington and he took a knee. And you know what I mean? Like not. No, not of course. Really and he's like... not. And he is not going to be like that. I guess I'm, I'm also just honestly like 
I've been talking about Joe Biden for years, and I don't like Obama's administration. So, like, this is none of this is like new to anybody in this call in this show. But like, I'm getting a little. I think the Democratic Party is the, is one of the worst parties on earth. I have no like it's and the fact that Bernie isn't nominated is a fucking tragedy and it's not going to solve any fundamental problems, all of that. And like increasingly, I just can't indulge. It's like the next several years are going to be hard as hell in any circumstance. And I think a guy who is borderline senile, but like is is going to say like, yeah, I don't think I want to gas nonviolent protesters so I can walk <laughs> <laughs> to a church yeah it's like it's, if you just don't see that in the military I'm sorry, in the streets. Like fighting the battle is gonna be better in that context like yeah. i just i can't really and I, I can't really indulge like i get like i'm not saying like throw all your energy into the election or think about it and god know the democrats are not gonna do like save or get us out of any of these fundamental contradictions but like in that binary choice like we already ran the play. And even some of the like side benefits that happened from Trump being president out of 2016 and the disruption and how the establishment looked a foolish and all of that, that's already done. It's like, that's why Zizek in 2016 was like, should let Trump get it because of, you know, like a, a like a, you know, antagonism. And now a week ago, he's just like, you know, I'm I'm sorry to say, but you know, uh, Biden is preferable. I think the last week, especially, I think after the last week, especially, you you realize like, this damn, is, I forgot know, about that 2016 scary. argument about yeah, it's gonna be better when Hillary loses because there's just gonna be this left wing uprising that swells and everybody's gonna just it's like nah that's not how it works fam yeah. <laughs> that is not how it works oh man but I but guess I think especially in this last week no I just I, I don't want to like belabor it too much but I, I want because in the same way like I wish people didn't talk all this endless shit about Trump for three and a half years and called him a Nazi and did all this because it's fucking it, it's mostly hyperbolic and ridiculous yeah. and then and it's it like all out of a sudden, lot of the energy like, and it sucked out energy and it misdirected and then but then all of a sudden it's like yeah that critique is true and guess what just happens like right. you know like you the cops beat the shit out of people the, yeah. you gotta keep up with the current events and if you if you give this guy a second term after the shit that he said and what has become publicly in play, forget about it. And not even because it's not because you're talking about closing off the avenues for that even more perfect protest movement. Like like is that right? Like, organ, like a dope organized labor, like, you know, normie multiracial but like you know like no like there's no like snapping fingers and mic checks and it's just like you know i mean are you oh and, and all of a sudden the trump administration and the police are going to be like well it's all right because i don't i don't think there's any like woke language here so we won't fucking deploy like military rule against the threat to the economic order i mean please be real all right so cornell west put out um I guess we're calling this an op-ed in The Guardian um, titled, A Boot is Crushing the Neck of American Democracy. Uh, you know, my favorite thing about it is that 
he 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 did a good job of tying together all of the forces that actually move the power structure of this country you know whether it be the capital greed of wall street um the 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 military industrial complex and just the the constant need for empire out in asia out in the middle east and out in africa all over the place uh, the 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 crazy police state, the freaking the the militarization of the cops, the racism, like all of it, it ties in together and works as one. And I thought that was the coolest that that was the coolest part of the piece to me. It's just folks got to understand, man, that like a lot of these police departments, their riot gear comes from a surplus of equipment and goods that we send to the military in our ridiculously bloated military budget every year. Like that budget is bloated so much so that they can just give shit away for free to the cops who are then like, Oh man, we got all these new toys. We need to use this shit somehow. We need to find a reason to use it. Like all of this flows into the next thing. And the reason why those budgets are so robust and ridiculous and beyond any type of, you know, reason or sense is that the, the, the companies that make this stuff are privately owned companies. They enrich a certain amount of people. Right. And like all of it, like it's all money. It all comes back to, you know, this greedy ass system that we have that incentivizes incentivizes greed at every turn down to the damn military like people think like no we need that budget because our boys need the best stuff blah blah it's nonsense it's bloat it's just going into the pockets of private citizens man you know private private um military um military troops that go out like um halliburton and all these people when we start these fake ass wars overseas so they can freaking do it right like and and we pay them exorbitant amount of money to to perform these tasks like it's all related right and why we can't we can't have health care we can't um upgrade our infrastructure we can't get better education all of this shit flows into one thing, um, and and I just love that Doctor West did that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to sound like incredibly lame right now, but like the, Cornell West really is like one of like the moral and intellectual giants of our time. Like I remember 100%. a few years ago, uh, before Trump, when the liberal intelligentsia tried to cancel him um, for turning on Obama, mm-hmm. uh, all his arguments against Obama have been one thousand percent vindicated. No one remembers those liberal critics. He has outlasted them all by a sheer consistency and excellence and moral clarity. You know, he was able to weather that storm and basically be more like bigger than ever, you know, and more relevant than ever and more necessary and vital than ever. Um, yeah, I mean, his his intervention in CNN that, that went viral uh, a few days ago, you know, it was, it, first of all, it was like shocking to see that on CNN, but he is the only guy who can do that, right? He is the only guy who is so overwhelming that he can go onto CNN and hold Anderson Cooper's attention for five minutes to let him deliver this like five minute long rant. No one can do that. No one has that power. Um, at least anyone that's worth a damn, you know? So, um, I encourage everyone to read him everything he's, he writes to, 
watch him, to listen to him on TMBS, to listen his interview on TMBS, to listen to his interview on Joe Rogan. It will really inspire you and fill you with love and strength and the will to go on in like a time where it really feels uh, scary and hopeless. I mean, he, he provides a sort of light. Yeah, I'll echo all of that. I mean, Cornel West is a great hero for me. Um, I, I, I think what's kind of sick is you can see the way, like, he draws that connection between class structure in America, racism in America, and then our uh, policies overseas, which parallel reflect and then get migrated home. And he uses that to give us like a holistic understanding of how we need to, to tear this stuff apart. In the same day that Tom Cotton, who is literally, you know, uh, part of that legacy. There's even a, a photo. I haven't confirmed it, but I think it's real of Tom Cotton, you know, sitting in the middle of uh, some like, you know, a bunch of like Saddam Hussein's money or something. So like, you know, we all remember that Donald Rumsfeld said looting was part of the transition to freedom after the United States went in and carpet bombed Iraq and, you know, this illegal war that killed so many civilians. So you know, Cornell West, like not only is he pointing the way forward intellectually and, and, and morally, but he's also like, you know, he's anticipating yeah. what you'll see this like funhouse sick mirror of uh, with cotton. But yeah, I mean, I think we're lucky that we have, you know, there are some of these beacons out there like Cornell West or Adolph Reed or, you know, like Lula, whatever. And we got to check in with these people. We, we also have to start figuring out how we can cultivate in our cultures some of that quality. Yeah. <laughs> the, and, yeah. and like, you know, the origins of fascism um, are basically when a regime takes the tactics that it employs in its empire and applies it to its own citizens. I mean, that's Franco in Spain was the general overseeing the troops in North Africa. <laughs> and then he invaded Spain from North Africa. Um, the Nazis, you know, like the German military using the, the tactics that they used in, in sub-Saharan Africa to oppress the peoples there, bringing it back to their, their own people at home. That's what Tom Cotton's basically advocating. He's like the classic, he is the classic <laughs> example of the, the classic trajectory of a fascist, you know, like guy who learned the tactics over there and now brings him to the metropole. Um, and yeah, so like watching that on the same day as uh, that article come out in the New York Times of all places, uh, the same day that Cornell West is doing that, I mean, it just, it really shows the stark choices we have. And it really is like, you gotta choose one or the other, you know, like you're either Tom Cotton or your Cornell West, like they're like this, all this bullshit nonsense in the middle is just, it, it'll just tie yourself into a knot. Like read, watch Cornell West and tell me that he doesn't have a moral consistency and clarity that is just nowhere near what anyone else uh, has right now. Like the, just the, you know, like the average liberal person is just, has tied himself into a knot uh, <laughs> in a way that Cornell West has not. So. Uh, <laughs> well, man, before we go, I just want to leave you guys with my favorite passage of the article, and that is, quote, the rule of big money, class and gender hierarchies and global militarism must be highlighted in our profound concern with anti-black police murder and brutality. Um, to me, that's that Tom Cotton 
person and New York Times op-ed like <laughs> like what Nando just said. <laughs> like literally Tom Cotton is the embodiment of what that passage is about. Um period. Uh man, um anything you guys want to highlight for the people to to check out this week um coming up. Uh man, um I want to give a shout out to Mike and Anna for having me on Jacobin Radio. Oh, I was I got to watch that. On Saturday. That was great. The response has been incredibly overwhelming. Wow, yeah, Jacobin, man, that's some fucking, that's some smarty <laughs> listen, shit, man. I don't listen, get, I can't man. get out. Yeah. Listen, listen, I'm about to get an Oxford shirt, dry yeah, clean, seriously. man. Right, seriously, you have a PhD bro. in listen. like neo-colonial studies, that man. So Feather in my <laughs> fitted cap from now on, <laughs> But I want to thank everybody who checked that out. Everybody who's reached out to me, showed me a lot of love from that. The response yeah. was incredible. Um, and the convo was just dope. And obviously one of the sharpest, most incredible people we have on the left. Um, clear eyed, clear vision in what the mission is and what we need to be doing out here. So shouts to her. Shouts to Jacobin Radio and everybody over there. Uh, make sure you check that out every single Saturday. It's co-hosted by Mike and Anna because, again... Mike, <laughs> Mike is the Wolf Blitzer of the, the left. Wolf Blitzer. Always, <laughs> always on. He's always, always on, on like baby. Always on. Make yeah. sure you always guys that. check that out. Some other um, fucked up shit happens. Um, Mike right. and Nando, just let us know what, 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 what the people should be checking, though. Uh, I got my little entourage podcast if you want to have a good time for a little bit and take a take a break from all the horribleness. Um, I'm going to have Emma Vigland on this week. Oh, uh, nice. She's fine. Uh, show. Friend of the show, Abba Viglin. She's got some takes, uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Should be fun. Awesome. Uh, and of course, check out the Michael Brooks show. Last uh, week's episode, or just a couple days ago, we talked with Chuka Ajakum, uh, Matt Chrisman, and Artesia Balthrop. We covered everything, including this uh, th- uh, theory, like basically the future of policing, uh, and. You know how it all fits together. It was good. It was deep. Check out everything TMBS Michael Brooks show on YouTube or Patreon.com/slash TMBS. All right, man. We'll see you guys next week. Later, y'all.